Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. Yeah, welcome in and happy new year to all of our fellow intellectual idiots. This is Libservative, two intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy. He, as always, is Corey Walsh. And he's Dan Griffin. And what a start to the year, Corey Walsh. But before we get too far into this, why don't you tell the people... Uh, all the all the interesting places that they can find us. Even though I'm assuming you still haven't updated this script yet, but we'll get there eventually. I we'll haven't updated the script, but Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com, and we can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at Libservative Pod. And you can find our monologues at libservativepodcast.wordpress.com. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today, Corey. Did you uh, did you did you hear the news? I did not. The news that uh, the Biden administration is going to be uh, uh, cracking down on immigration. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I heard that. You did hear that news. You did. You know why that is, right? Why is that? I have a conspiracy theory on this, and it is because the Hispanic community has rejected the term Latinx. And we just, ah, okay, and yeah. We just can't they're, have they're that. Start, we just can't. starting to vote Republican, so like, get them out of here. We just cannot have that in this empathetic, accepting, beautiful PC country culture. that we have here in the United States. So that also means, though, now that uh, does does that mean that Republicans have to have to like immigrants now? Since Biden has decided that he's going to get rid of more of them, did that, since he did that. He did something, so that's bad. So that means Republicans now should. Oh, okay. I got another conspiracy for you. Yeah. So I'm just thinking this right now. The trend in the Latino community is trending more Republican, right? Okay. I'm following. So the real nefarious reason why Texas and Florida and all them are starting to ship immigrants around is a political pawn is because they want to influence these blue districts with more Republican voters. Mm. What do you think about that I one? Fo- I follow you, but I feel like maybe that might be a little bit premature on that on that front. Yeah. Because at, at the end of the day, it was still a Democratic administration that made it easier for them to get into the country in the first place. So maybe right. like the newer immigrants aren't as accepting of that... Uh, uh, of that school of thought just yet, but I, I like where your head's at. It's all politics, Dan. I mean, I could see Republicans doing that because their party is completely falling apart before our eyes. It's it's pretty it's pretty goddamn hilarious. Uh, <laughs> while the uh, you know the Democrats are are incompetent when it comes to governing, but remarkably organized when it comes to their uh, party infrastructure. Would you agree? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean all the, oh, the Democrats? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> o- organized when it comes to their uh, their party infrastructure, com- utterly incompetent 
when it comes to their ability to They're govern. great at campaigning and keeping their party in line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll tell, tell you what, man. I'll tell you what, man. That is one thing that you have got to give Nancy Pelosi a ton of credit for. For as awful as she is, she did a wonderful job keeping that party in line. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, you know, right before we started, actually, I wrote down that uh, at least the Republicans' version of the squad sticks to their guns. (laughs) And like, like, you know, the whole like little mega movement is essentially like the right's version of the left's squad, which is like AOC, Ilan Omar, Rashida Tlaib. Republicans got fucking Lauren Boebert, Margaret Taylor Green, and Matt Gates, and in the very least, they're not just cucking out to their establishment party. I think they're all fucking idiots. Well, I mean, look, that that basically brings us into our our, our opening topic tonight. We're, we're, we're well, actually real time. quick before we get into it too much. There's what you drinking actually, and what you consuming? There's, there's always an actually real quick with you every time, but you're always right because I can't keep to a schedule. Uh, what am I consuming? Uh, I'm doing my best. <laughs> I'm just always just really excited to to jump into the topics. Uh, but I've been my watching, favorite part is just listening to what you're listening to and drinking and watching. I've been watching. You get to know you more, uh, Dan. I know, but I don't want the world to know me. That it, it's not. It wouldn't be a good thing. Uh, I, I've been I've been watching uh, a, a documentary series on Netflix that I've been meaning to get to for a while, um, and it's called uh, FIFA Uncovered, and it came out right before the Qatar World Cup. And I knew I wanted to watch this because, uh, for those of you that are from back in my my past life when I used to do uh, a, a sports show locally here in Detroit, I. I covered the FIFA corruption scandal uh, back in 2015, so I knew I wanted to take a deep dive into this. And it is two I'm two episodes in. I don't remember how exactly how many there are. It is a limited series, but I am so enamored with the fact that the politics in the world of uh, global football, or uh, as colloquially colloquially known as soccer. Uh, is so close to what we actually experience in like our politics domestically and also world politics. I mean, this is a story about corruption and bribery and all of the downfalls and pitfalls of crony capitalism. Uh, it's, It's definitely a must watch. And I will give credit to one of the main players from this scandal when it was when it was finally brought to light back in 2015, uh, he was the president of FIFA at the time. His name was Sepp Blatter, and he, to his credit, is in this documentary giving interviews. You don't normally see that when you know the quote unquote villain or the head of the snake uh, is. Uh, you don't normally see the head of the snake being involved in a documentary. Now, I will admit that through the first couple of episodes. They've been kind of wishy-washy on whether or not Sepp Blatter is a, uh, I guess, a, a figure you could feel sorry for or a figure that is completely evil. Obviously a corrupt man. But if, if, if you're into politics, you don't even have to like soccer. You don't even have to like sports. But if you're watching this show, ball. if you're watching or listening to this show and you're into politics, uh, FIFA Uncovered is, is an excellent kind of uh, outside look at what can happen when when you know politics and corruption uh, meet each other, which I think is what we're experiencing now and have been probably for 
many decades, both globally and domestically. The only difference is that a story like FIFA, all it is is all it is is football or soccer, right? It's uh, right. So it's like it's a shitty story, and because people people talked about this at the time, like why do we care so much about corruption uh, in in FIFA? Like why does it matter? And it's like, well, if we don't care about corruption in sports, why do we care about corruption at all? Yeah, so me personally, I could give two shits about soccer or football, foot, football, or whatever, you know. But I do love a good corruption story. It's a great corruption story. You'll 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 enjoy it. I'm not the biggest soccer fan either, but I've always been a fan of like international soccer and the uh, the, the World Cup. And uh, I'm a loose fan of that English Premier League. I know we have some some uh, English listeners out there. I'm an what's Ever- up with I'm, America? I'm an Everton fan. If anybody wants to know. What's up with America, like, just making shit up as we go? Like, we call it soccer. Where'd that word even come from? Everywhere else Dude, calls I, it football. Dude, I can't remember, but I actually heard a story about this. Like, soccer is actually an English term. I don't remember how, like, we adopted it as our word for football, but it actually, the roots of that word actually do come from England, which is interesting. And then someone was like, Oh, now we got this extra word, football. What should we do with it? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm not a new sport. We'll take a little bit of rugby. Well, have you ever and- have you ever wondered why it's it's the most popular sport in the world, but Americans hate it? I've got my theory on why that is. Because we want to be different. No, because we have to have the best of the best, and we don't have the best <laughs> of the best in America. You know, that, you- so yeah, that's true. So we make a team, we make a sport that only we compete at in America and then give out world championship titles. Baseball, American football, you know, basketball. These are all, these are all American. Because the other thing I was going to bring up is uh, uh, inches, the American, like the American standard versus Mm -hmm. the metric system. Didn't we try that? My dad said we tried that. We tried to go metric in like the seventies. Is that true? I don't know. No, I think we've just been. Trying to slowly, slowly, slowly integrate it. Like I use metric tools at work all the time, but I still also have my American standard tools. And it's just, it's just, it just seemed to be like the What's metric the system actually. Now, right? You need a, you need two separate sets of sockets. This is bullshit. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just funny to me when the metric system actually does make a lot more sense. It's always just in pair in uh uh measurements of 10 and they can be broken down and raised up it just makes more sense oh and what i'm drinking just a a nice uh evan williams bottled and bond old-fashioned but i will say this i've discovered something particularly with a high proof bourbon if you're using that to make your uh your old fashions you drown it in simple syrup no 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 no. i've i've started just in in inducing just a splash just a splash of tonic water i have discovered that tonic water is the most underappreciated underutilized mixer in the history of the universe i've been putting it in my uh in my uh uh long island iced teas well you think wait underutilized like it's one of the staples for a bar well i understand that but it's like what do you put tonic in a gin and tonic what else an old fashioned. <laughs> now, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, it's just it's just so rarely used, but it's a, it's a fantastic little bubbly mixer. If you want, to. you know what I thought about adding to my old fashioned the other day, just a little drop of liquid smoke. I didn't do it; I chickened out. But I thought about it. Mm. I should have done it. That sounds like it'd be really good, right? I have a new kitchen torch coming in. 
Um, I'm gonna go get a plank oh, of cedar, okay. and I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and experiment with some smoked old fashions. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Me personally, I'm just drinking some Basil Hayden's and some uh, Miller Lite pints with the caps. I was out discing the other day, so God, you're American. These are yeah, yeah. These are my the Miller Lights are my river beers and my discing beers because they can cap up. You don't get no river water in your beer, and it doesn't spill when you're just walking around. See, I dig the recapable can, but I, I generally go with the Coors. What is it about the Miller Lite? I just love the Pilsner, man. My my all time favorite Miller pro- product is High Life, but it's because it's a champagne of beers. And obviously, champagne of beers, you know, the bubbly. And then I was watching. So what I watched this week that stuck out to me was uh, the new the uh, the new version of All Quiet on the Western Front. I don't know if you've seen the old 1930s version or I have the 2022 moon, version. Many, many moons ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty fucking good, and it's pretty gruesome. They do a pretty good job. There's only one scene that they cut out from the new one that wasn't in the old one that I would be like, oh, you could it could have it could have taken five minutes to put in there, and then it was like such an impactful moment. But like the the aesthetics of it. And the way they uh, make the character, like he looks so fresh faced and young, right? In the beginning of the movie. And by the end of the movie, he just looks so war torn and ragged. And they just did a phenomenal job on showing the effects of like what would happen if you were in a fucking (laughs) foxhole for two, three years. But the scene, so the scene they cut out in the original movie, he gets, uh, he gets, he gets to go home. You know, he gets some, uh, what's that called? Relax and re Whatever the military term is. I don't know. I wasn't in the military, but he gets to go home on vacation for a little bit. And when he's there, he goes and visits his old high school where he heard the speech from his professor that made him get excited to go to war. And he goes to that classroom and he tells all these students and they're all like, oh, yeah, war. You know, you did. You know, you're excited. You're a hero. And he's like, it's a propaganda film. That's why they cut it out. Yeah. No, they still <laughs> make it clear that war is fucking terrible. <laughs> but no, but it's funny you say good. that because what are you, actually, a red? it's funny you say that though because when World War II started, the movie was banned in Austria, Australia, France. Like it was banned in a bunch of countries because it was a pacifist movie. But uh, and it was made in Germany in 1930, and then 1931 it was just next. Uh, Goebbels and them were running into movie theaters yelling "Jewish film, Jewish film," and dropping stink bombs. It sounds like a fucking high school prank, I know, but it was one of the things they did. I'm surprised, like Kanye didn't try to recreate that. It's like make a <laughs> make make a, a a TikTok video, Jewish film, Jewish. <laughs> Jewish film can't have this. Yeah, Juden, Juden, uh, Juden Pressa or whatever they were yelling. But uh, but yeah, that's the only scene they cut out that I w- I disagreed with. But it, it was a good fucking movie. I was definitely at the edge of my seat because I knew in the original movie, spoiler, the guy dies, and so I wanted to see how they would do it. But in the uh, original movie he's sitting at the trenches and it's like one of his last days and he's sitting there and he sees a butterfly flying and he reaches up for the butterfly just because it's a, a small glimpse of like life and beauty and he gets popped just straight to the dome ping. And that's how the movie ends. But in this one, he just takes a uh, bayonet to the back. Uh, war is good. <laughs> that's not according to this movie. 
And then the other what I've been listening to is, you know, I'm always bringing up nice little treasure troves of digging through the crates for music and stuff. Um, I came across the Tony Bennett Lady Gaga album. Did you even know they made a collaboration? Yeah, I remember it was a big joke here on a on a local radio show for a long time because the, the joke was that Gaga wouldn't leave Tony Bennett alone to die in peace. <laughs> like, why are they always appearing together? <laughs> Will Gaga just leave Tony Bennett alone for fuck's sake? Dude, that girl's got range, man. It's, it's, it's such a good album. She's uh, yeah, she's impressive. She is. Her, my favorite song by her still is You and I. It's a little guilty pleasure. All right, so are we still allowed to do this in 22? Uh, Gaga. 23? Hot, 20, yeah, well, you're right. 23. Uh, Gaga, Hot or Not? Oh, that's a tough one. She's got an interesting look. Definitely a nice body. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't sound like you're pegging her for hot. Oh, no. Like, like let's be honest. It's, uh, you know, it wouldn't be, uh, she wouldn't be my last choice. Right. <laughs> She's right underneath Marge for you. Uh, yeah, it's like a little below Lauren Boebert, a little bit ahead of uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> Certainly well <laughs> Nancy below. Nancy Pelosi's boobs. I was going to say well below Nancy Pelosi's titties. Those are the most glorious Dude, boobs. I love it. So for the listeners, like Dan made like one joke about Nancy Pelosi's boobs on this show once, and I just don't let it die. And whenever I find like comments or videos or anything on either TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, or anything that do any sort of like just mention of her tits, I always send it to Dan. I'm like, hey, it's your song. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi's Frankenstein boobs. I got you. Got. I mean, Frankenstein in a good way. <laughs> I don't know how she. Keeps Maybe. Them, how she either that or she's got some. Amazing. You don't think they're all covered in liver spots, dude? Uh, maybe, but like, oh, are they? Ever spending way too much time on Pelosi's tits? But are they still full? Like, are you know, you expect them to have a little bit of age to them, right? But like, does she? I wonder what sort of contraption she has that, well, that are holding then, those up. If the sort of podcast ever gets a press pass to the Capitol, I know what question you're asking first. A hundred percent. Show me your tits. Real or fake? And the sort of lost their press pass to the Capitol <laughs> building today. Uh, we, 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 we would have lost all they all they have to do is listen to one episode and we've, we've lost our press pass, whether it's a Republican administration or a democratic administration. Uh, oh, dark sage says that he's throwing his head in the ring to be the next house speaker. I dig it. I mean, why not? Because we need an outsider. And I think since I am not hated, I would do good. Yeah. I mean, you can't do any worse. They set the bar nice and low. Do you, does Except any, so with Kevin McCarthy's speakership bid. Does any part of you feel like a little bit bad for him? Because here's and here's why I asked that question. It has been well documented that Kevin McCarthy has been dying for this job for a considerable amount of time. Like it's his life dream to be. It's almost like he's like that one weird kid. It's almost like he's that one weird kid that was like in second grade. Your teacher was like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And he's like, "Speaker of the House." Like that's you think that's that's, what you said. that's that's kind of what this seems like with regards to Kevin McCarthy, and he is he's just it's all it's well but documented. Wasn't he speaker point, last term when they had the majority? Uh, I don't think so. Why am I? Who forgetting? was the speaker? Because it was Paul Ryan. Then was and then who did it go after? Wasn't it McCarthy after Paul Ryan? Was he? I don't fucking remember. Somebody, somebody's, somebody's got to have this information in front of us. Uh, see, this is why we need our Jamie. Because I know, I know the answer to this question. It's just completely slipping my mind right now. <laughs> who, who, who the hell it was? I'm pretty sure he was, in the very least, a whip. He, oh yeah, he was. He was. Um, 
for what second. two years? Was it after the midterms? Second, third in command. Here we go. Listed speaker of the house. Uh, da, 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 da. I can't fucking remember, dude. But I don't mm-hmm. think it was him. Mm-hmm. It's it's right at the tip of my goddamn tongue. I'm gonna find this. Tip of the tongue uh, and the teeth and uh, the here lips. We go. There's Nancy Pelosi. No, it was Paul Ryan and then Nancy Pelosi. That was it. And then John Boehner before him. And then Nancy so Pelosi he, before him. Oh, so he was the minority house speaker. Correct. Yeah. This, okay. This, this this set of terms. Yeah. Ah, um, uh, okay. So he was because he was the minority house speaker then since 18. Because Paul Ryan retired, took his ball, and went home when he lost. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I knew I wasn't crazy. Um, but yeah, he's You're been not crazy, Dan. He's the been, whole world, everyone else is. He's been di- he's been dying for this job forever. So it's like he looks like, like he's like just the, been dying. The empathetic side of me. Oh, he's slowly dying inside right now. There's no. Question We're all slowly that. dying. The empathetic side of me goes, oh, poor, poor McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, Matt Gates. If he has anything to say about it, it's going to be Donald Trump. So, I guess. The interesting thing is, like, I don't. Even, they might have even taken an eleventh vote now. By the time we start talking about this, because they've taken 10, 11, 12 votes. Why are you re-entering? Oh, I thought you were re-entering the fucking. <laughs> You're re-entering the, the live stream. No, uh, sir. But I, I, how do you, I, how do you feel about this situation, Corey? Because the first thing I look at is that, like, this actually goes back to Donald Trump. Speaking of Donald Trump, here you go. Gates. Donald John Trump. Trump. <laughs> Matt Gates. Gates. Matt Gates voted for Donald, Donald Trump, Trump for Speaker. Trump. What's funny is like, what's, what's, what, here's why I actually have a weird amount of respect for that, right? We're, we're through like, I know we're through 10. We might even be through 11 by the time this show is over. Votes that McCarthy hasn't gotten the speakership, right? And I, I here's why I have a weird amount of respect for Matt Gates standing up and voting for Donald Trump, I think, in the ninth round of voting. Because you, you can mean, tell... Other than being a grifter? You could tell... But you could, well, th- that's true. Like, I'm not like... I don't have respect for Matt Gates himself. But I have a weird amount of respect for the, the vote. Because you could tell he, like, stood up and he's just fucking irritated. And he just wants to go home and, like, jerk off to underage girl porn or whatever the hell he does. And... Allegedly. 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 Uh, but he's like, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, Donald John Trump. And it's like... You can tell he's just doing that because he's like, this is fucking ridiculous. Why are we still here? But he's one of the ones why they're still there. I I understand. I understand. But like, it's almost like this collective irritation that they're still there. And it makes you, it makes you, it makes me think things like, why can't you spend this much time with this much vetting on, I don't know, a national budget or a military budget? or anything else other than going back and forth on whether or not Kevin fucking McCarthy is going to be a good speaker or is a rhino or not. Yeah, this is the longest they've spent on one topic, it seems like, in a while. <laughs> because it's all because it's all about power. And I think that this is a wonderful demonstration of that. I think Nancy Pelosi for all of the reasons I can't fucking stand her, she did an, a remarkable job of consolidating that power to this position. Because, I mean, if you if you think about Nancy Pelosi's two tenures as Speaker, 
she just did a great job of reining in her party and making them kowtow to her every whim. Other than that dino, Kristen Cinema, that other dino oh, uh, mansion. Yeah, Joe Mansion. But but at the end of the day, those Kirsten two, Cinema, Kirsten. Kirsten. Yeah, the, those two, those two. That was all the way towards the end of her quote unquote reign as speaker, and she and and it and it also didn't have any sort of um, long lasting effect. I guess because it was towards the end, she knew she was leaving. Did it really matter? She kind of just had to hold on. But like Nancy Pelosi, along with I would even go back as far as Newt Gingrich. So Newt, Gr- Newt Gingrich started it. Nancy Pelosi finished it. This consolidation of power at the speaker position, and th- what's going on in the Republican Party right now with regards to. Kevin McCarthy is is a is a rebellion against that power, I think. But the issue that I have is that it's not being done in good faith. It's being done because of <coughs> silly Trump sycophants and not because like, oh, you know, we need to fix the corruption. We just need to make sure we don't have any rhinos in our ranks. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting to see because if you remember after 2016, there was the uh, the WikiLeaks drop with the emails regarding uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Is that what is that? Why do I hear sounds? I don't hear sounds, so it's not on the recording. So, oh my continue. god, the hill just refreshed, and I'm hearing <laughs> bullshit ads. Well, none of us hear it, so we're good. <laughs> well, that's good. It just distracted me, but. Uh, what I was going to say is in like 2016, 2017, when the Debbie Washerman Schultz emails came out and how they were uh, colluding against Bernie Sanders. And hello, Stel. Looks like right now you are. And uh, <laughs> <They're not all laughs> other weird. than us. And in like 2016, 2017, um, when. The Democrats were basically a rudderless boat. You know, there was the Bernie faction with the squad coming in and everything like that. And the old establishment was kind of getting kneecapped after Hillary Clinton was like resoundingly just cast aside. And she hasn't been back since. Uh, and there was all this infighting and stuff going on. I remember, like, I wish we were doing a podcast then because I was saying it's interesting to see all of this collapsing. What up, Bright Nice? Because. In, uh, I'm like, when Trump is out of the picture for the Republican Party, we're going to see the same damn thing. And I wish we were fucking recording in 2016, 2017, because then I would have that on record to be able to go, oh, I was right. But now it's just my word. So if you take my word, then you can believe me. If you don't, then f- fuck you, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Vermin Supreme, <laughs> this would all be over, dude. Eh. You know <laughs> Vermin Supreme being the Speaker of the House would be the perfect embodiment of a clown show of what politics are. And honestly, and that's not a slight against Mr. Supreme. I think that's what he is intentionally doing when he's putting himself in the spotlight in politics and stuff. <laughs> like when he fucking, it was it 2020 when he stopped Elizabeth Warren from like exiting like some building she was in. He was like in the driveway, <laughs> not letting her car, and he's just yelling, debate me! <laughs> he wanted it, everyone to just debate him. 
isn't um isn't this just like a, a, a demonstration of you know because you you had referred to the Republican Party right now being kind of a rudderless boat and like Trump kind of like hanging off the back of it kicking his feet trying to steer it around in the best in the best way that he can you know with all of his supporters going come on come on and it's it, it kind of goes back to something you and I have talked about multiple times on this show, which is that Republicans just don't, they, not only do they not have a direction, they don't have a plan. Their only plan is to shit on wokeism. Like that's literally it. And right. that's the platform. Which our culture itself is already kind of doing. That's the platform like, that DeSantis ran on and won bigly to quote Trump won bigly. Uh, in Florida, by by doing that, like he was basically like the one big, you know, victory for for the Republicans in 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 a midterm that if they were just organized and had a goddamn plan, they would have Policies run and stuff, away yeah. with. And like I blame I blame Republicans for the same reason I blamed Democrats in 2016 when it was. Hillary Clinton lost because of uh, racism. I don't know why, because she's white, so that's weird. Uh, but or 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 Hillary Clinton lost because sexism. of, of, of right. sexism. And it's like you never you never just take a goddamn look in the mirror and realize that you ran a shitty candidate. If you're talking and about you're the poster child of everything everyone hates right now. Yeah, when you're talking about Democrats in 2016. Yeah, with the establishment. Yeah, and then Republicans in the 2022 midterms. You ran a bunch of morons, absolute morons. All of the election deniers lost, every single one of them, other than J.D. Vance in Ohio. That was it. All of the rest of them lost. You were like one for 47 or whatever the hell it was. And it's just like neither one of these parties ever takes a look in the mirror. It's always just evil people on the other side are the reason that we lost. Russian collusion or election fraud and like Kevin McCarthy not being able to secure this spot is just a culmination of all of that. And I have no doubt that, you know, if Kevin McCarthy gets this spot, if he does, and like, I'm going off on a tangent here for a second, but it's like, that's fine. You're, you're going to play a video here in a second from uh, Representative Dan Crenshaw out of Texas, I believe. Um, he, yeah, I think he is from Texas. Um, and <clears throat> we've shit on Dan Crenshaw for good reason, because, you know, he's making money as a politician that he shouldn't be making, along with many other Republicans and many other Democrats. But that's the story we talked about last year. Uh, but he, what he says here is correct. And that is yeah. the fact that the people that are trying to go against Kevin McCarthy don't have a plan. Who's your guy? Nope, we're just going to shit on Kevin McCarthy because he's a rhino. We don't have a replacement. We don't know who's better. If this, I guess we'll just this video ever loads. Does StreamYard Yard update something? Usually, we could just put it in the queue, and now it's just straight saving, sharing it. Anyways, know. here's uh, Dan Crenshaw being interviewed by what is this? The morning show on Fox News on Fox News or whatever. Yeah. Who are you hearing these renegade Republicans want to nominate, essentially, as speaker? Who's their person? They don't have one. There's That's no a great plan. question. There's no plan. Right. That's a great question. They, 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 they keep acting like, you know, they're, 
they keep acting like they've got somebody in the wings. They're just waiting. You'll see. You'll see on the day of, right? They keep saying that. They're like children. This is, this is such a childish attempt at, at gaining more and more attention. You know why they say it like that? Because they want you to interview them again. That's why they're doing it. Please interview. You'll see. If you just, if you just put me on TV just one more time, please, <laughs> then I'll tell you who we're going to go for. But here's the thing. They, they've got nobody. Even, even if they did, I promise you, there's a ton of Republicans who will not vote for them. They will not vote for anyone except Kevin McCarthy. Because here's the thing. This is, this is a general election. All right. We had our primary election and Kevin McCarthy won with 85 percent of the vote. That's the primary election. Now we're in the general election. So if you're not voting for our GOP nominee, you are voting for Democrats. You are enabling Democrats. Yep. And let's make something very right. clear. You know who is technically the Speaker of the House um, if, if Kevin isn't sworn in? It is a clerk who is appointed by Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> so the only person you're empowering right. Are the Democrats, the Democrats are cheering. The Democrats are so happy that this is all happening because these guys and these girls wanted to make this happen. They wanted so much notoriety, their own sense of self-aggrandizement, gotcha. so important to them. And they, they needed to make this happen. So the interesting thing about that, that I pulled from the end of Dan Crenshaw's comments there is that he like, he point, I, you know, who he's pointing at, right? He's pointing at people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lori, Lauren Bobert and all these other Matt Gates. Uh, Matt Gates. Cause even Jim Jordan's voting for McCarthy, even though he got like 12 votes. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Dan Crenshaw doesn't go on Fox News right there if he's not looking for some self-aggrandizement. So let's let's just let's just call a spade a spade. <laughs> in, but I'm but, here for self-aggrandizing, and that's okay. But everyone else doing it. Yeah, that's because all they my want. version is better. But he's he's right. I mean, most of what he said is 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 absolutely correct. I mean, not 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 getting Kevin McCarthy into the speaker position. It, it just it just makes this party look so broken. Which. Oh, yeah. And the Democrats are just eating it up, dude. I'm seeing Twitter posts like I forget the one rep's name. Is it Lee Fang? It might have been him from California, but I don't think it was him. I might just be assuming it's him because he was also an Asian person. And that's racist. He. Yeah, yeah. As after I said it, I was like, ah, yeah, I just might be assuming it's him. I don't know how many. I don't know how many Asians <laughs> there are in the Democratic Party. I'm sure there's more than one. All of them. Asian. In the Democratic Party, they're all Asian men. <laughs> um, but he had, he posted this picture, like in the hall in front of his office, and it was and it was just like captioned like going to the House Speaker nomination, and he had like a bag of popcorn, and that's just straight. You know what I mean? Like they're just straight clout to get on Twitter because I don't think you're even allowed to eat in the uh, the the rotunda or whatever. If you are, that's like that's. I don't think you should. Like, <laughs> like just before the show, they showed uh, McCarthy walking through like the lobby it's or whatever, like and it had fucking, like those. Like it's a fucking DSW. No open beverages. <laughs> no, I, I. You would assume so. I mean, like it's such. It's there's so much history there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's such a sacred place in American culture. Like, I, like I said right before we hopped on the show, and they showed like I saw this video. McCarthy was walking through like a lobby, and like there's the picture of. This picture that's probably the size of like the side of like a f or the back end of like a fucking 18 wheelers trailer. And it's, you know, it's Washington and it's like the Revolutionary War and stuff. It's like pictures you'd see straight out of the Detroit Institute of Arts. And I'm looking at that and just how like just just how beautiful and historical this place is. And it's just a bunch of fucking ass clowns in there <laughs> running around 
taking Twitter pics, pretending to eat popcorn, or Ilan Omar is over here tweeting the scene from Goodfellas when Joe Pesci, when he thinks he's being a made man, but gets popped in the back of the head saying, this is what's happening to McCarthy. And it's just like... Not going to lie. Decent joke. That's a good joke. <laughs> Both of them are actually pretty decent jokes. But it's like, guys, you know, you, you're literally praising government inefficiency because it's not your party with the target on its back. And I think that's what's frustrating me about it. They should be just upset as like Dan Crenshaw about shit not getting done. We have a serious fucking border crisis on the border where people are being shipped all over the country and they're being put in states that are really cold with a bunch of people that are from countries where it's always fucking warm. And you know what I mean? And like we, and like everyone's talking about the border crisis, all the border crisis, well, but here's, here's the thing. Never too. mind that. I'm going to take a tweet with some, some popcorn. Here's the thing too, Corey. And, and it's, it's, it's something, it's something that all those people that you're talking about that are doing all these, you know, ridiculous tweets from the chamber and, you know, popcorn and whatever, and making fun of Kevin McCarthy. Like he got shot in the back. Like that's of our job. Our job is to post the picture of us with popcorn going, watching you're, this shit. You're right. But you Not know, what, you know, what elected representatives, you know what they'll never admit. Is that they're just the same as the others? That's true, but that's not where I was going. Where I was going is that, like, are have we officially gotten to a point now? Now with this culminating in the in the Kevin McCarthy fiasco, have we officially reached a point where Trump is an asset for Democrats? Like, can we yeah. can we can we own that? Can we admit that Trump was always an asset for Democrats? And you and you have to give them you have to give them a little bit of credit. Because uh, Democrats did a wonderful job of making Painting that the case, caricature of Trump, making that prophecy, you know, sort of f- fulfilled. Um, but the, at the end of the day, Trump was Trump was anti-establishment, right? Which is the main reason why people like them. And now they take that and they go off into tangents that make no fucking sense and conspiracy theories and sycophandom. Yeah, and he all was that still stuff. at the end of the day. He was he was a populist and he was an outsider to the establishment, but he was still just like the rest of them. Yeah, he, he ultimately yeah, con man. He ultimately fell. He ultimately fell he was a right self-serving con man like the rest of them. But ended up. But being he was an, an outsider. Ended up being an asset for Democrats. Like, when do we reach a point in history where people can can look back in this and go, Trump was an asset for Democrats? I mean, is it going to be after he dies? Is it going to be after Nancy Pelosi dies? After Joe Biden dies? After maybe? After I mean, fuck, he won the presidency. 2018 rolls around. He loses the House and the Senate. 2020 comes. They put the Democrats then take the presidency, keep the House and the Senate, <clears throat> and then 2022 comes along, and they keep the Senate, and they barely lose the House. And yeah, there was such a, a chance. There was a chance for a long time that they were going to hold both houses. Yeah, I mean that's that's insane. When you're talking about record high inflation. And and all all of the reasons why Joe Biden is just an awful president, and they're almost all of the reasons why you see historic tilt. But there wasn't. Before we shift gears here, can I can I just like I want to I want to read a comment from a Fox News article that just basically points out. And summarizes how and why Trump is an asset to Democrats. Because this is what he turns people into. Sycophants. So, 
Yeah. Fox News posted an article about the latest vote and uh, the, the latest vote on, on, the, on the speaker position. And I'm, I'm going through the comments and I find one that is just absolute gold. That is just so unbelievably stupid. Oh yeah, the people that just <clears throat> yeah. There's, so there's bash just my as head many like the there's the Trump derangement syndrome. That's the super on the far left of everyone who thinks Trump is the little re- literal reincarnation of, of the Hitler Antichrist, and, Hitler, and that's yeah. not even something I'm making up. I've seen people say it. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the Trump sycophants who literally think he's the second coming of Christ. <laughs> so let me read this. This is from Mass Bay. Uh, on the Fox News piece about the speakership position. And obviously in the article, it mentions that Matt Gates voted for Donald Trump for the speaker position. So this is what Matt Spade says. I don't know if this is a man or a woman. Don't really care. It says, give us Speaker Trump. Joe is tearing this country apart and Trump can help put it back together. Remember when Trump was president? We had world peace. Hold on. Let me get my thumb in the camera. World peace, not true. We had the world's top military. That is true. Uh, The market we have always. Yeah, right. For thirty, forty years, Uh, the market set records every day. True, but there's quite a bit of new. But it's it's Obama put in quantitative easing that Trump. It was definitely took advantage of. It was safe to walk on city streets unless you were black. No, I'm just kidding. Not true. Uh, Even at night. Uh, zero inflation, just zero, just no inflation, none at all. Not true. Uh, gas was at a dollar seventy. Where? <laughs> Where? Um, Maybe at the height of COVID when yeah, Trump for, locked the country down for a minute when there was all of this, all of this extra gas just flowing around. Yeah, okay. So for a minute, and not because of Donald Trump, right? So uh, there was a cheap and abundant food with no empty shelves and secure borders. Again, <laughs> there was never any of that. A lot of nuance to that. Uh, and I mean, the thing I, about the food on the shelves, I mean, I could go up to a Kroger right now and I can get anything I want. Here's my. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the food shortages are not like the supply chain's gotten better. Uh, whether I'm not like giving Joe Biden credit for those things, because that's the thing. It's like the president isn't that involved directly in these things. You right. know what I mean, it's, it's he's not uh, a king. And, uh, and the, 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 here's my favorite one. And households with two or with two or more had $6,800 extra in their pockets. You saw, they're talking Is about the this checks. this the Christian nationalism hour? They're talking about che- What? <laughs> what? Somebody's never listened to our show. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around, Larry. Please, for uh, all means. The, I don't want you walking away thinking the, this is the Christian nationalism hour. And the last, the last, the last sentence. Oh, is, he does. He came in when you were reading a tweet about oh. somebody loving Trump. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what the uh, fuck is this guy talking no, about? Yeah, this is this is all a comment on a Fox News article. Uh, the, my, my favorite is the last one. It says, "And the USA was not the laughing stock it is right now." And it's like, what world do you live in, lady? I'm assuming this is a woman. This has to be a woman because uh, I don't think, what, the, because I don't think a man so, types this way. Did she say this after Matt Gates uh, nominated Donald Trump in the absolute grifter? Yeah, yeah, Fucking yeah. It was mood. it was after the article came out. It was after the it was it was at the bottom of the article. It was a comment. She's on like, the oh, well, yeah, article. this makes sense. <laughs> the interesting part about this is like, I don't usually read comments on 
any of the cable news networks articles generally uh, once in a while i will and what i noticed about fox news is that like 65 percent of them are liberals <laughs> right i was just um like, what was i gonna say oh i i yeah I, I, off the rails i forgot where we were going after that uh, dude it doesn't matter oh well i mean we're gonna shift gears on that um yeah, Trump's an asset for Democrats, and the uh, Republican Party has no plan for anything, and uh, that's about it. <laughs> well, George Santos is all in for Kevin McCarthy. But is he lying? Is he yeah. lying? He so might be. There. So, <laughs> there. so I was I was thinking about that the other day because uh, was it it was Sagar and Crystal and Breaking Points? They were talking about how like they're like. This guy won this seat. Like, how did the Democrats not know? Like, you're supposed to have like a reconnaissance team that like lifts up stones to find out about your opponent's dirty laundry. But he's a Trump. How guy. did they? How did they not know that George Santos was doing all this shit? And my response is, I think they did. Yeah, but he was a Trump guy. Now that's so they thought there's they no evidence backing that. That's just a thought. But I think I think they might have known. I think they wanted him to come in and then release it because instead of it just being a person running as a Republican being a lying piece of shit. It's a Republican being a lying piece well, of shit. And the thing, well, that's, and that, I'm so glad that last sentence you just said, that is, that is so perfect because that speaks to the, uh, the, the ridiculousness of either party trying to call out hypocrisy. It's, it's just like, okay, so George Santos lied about his credentials and all the other things he lied about. I don't even remember all the things he lied about, but it doesn't really matter. And it, so, so what you're trying to tell me is that politicians are dishonest. Is that what you're like? Is that what you're trying to tell me? And then, like, you'll have, you know, Republican supporters, per- particularly Trump supporters, are the people that do this. But they go, but what about all the things Biden lied about? And we Dude, know the all guy literally things. said that on Fox News. He went on to Tucker Carlson, and actually, you know, Tulsi was the one that was doing the show at the time. He was on there, and I think he thought that because he was going on to Fox News, it's the Republican leaning uh, news outlet, that he was going to get softball questions and stuff. And then Tulsi just r- fucking reamed him, man. He's like, she's like, have you no shame? <laughs> oh yeah, no. I, I heard, I heard the interview, and if you haven't seen it yet, I it's worth going it. Checking it, it out. It, one of the one it, of the few things. It's a like, reminiscence of the Tulsi that I. Yeah, Tulsi uh, has made Tulsi has made Corey and I mad recently for various different reasons. That was one I was I was proud of her. But that's someone that I actually. <laughs> uh, volunteered for her campaign for I, for the people that just listen to the podcast I'm pointing at the but sign like, behind me you know what I'm talking about though like the excuses for George Santos is never an a- never an actual excuse for George Santos it's always just a deflection right it's like but what about all the things Joe Biden lied about like you even had Jimmy Dore like playing all of the clips from the 80s about him lying about his college credentials and all of this stuff and it's like yeah we all knew like so what are you what are you trying to tell me are you trying to tell me that politicians are dishonest like wow what a fucking revelation <laughs> newsflash it's it's un- most of them are <laughs> it's it's unbelievable like your deflection towards if you're a republican your deflection towards democrats being liars or if you're a democrat your deflection towards republicans being liars like you've already lost me like nobody can ever have a conversation about the topic at hand like if you're talking about joe biden being a liar Nobody can ever just talk about that. It's always got to be, but yeah, but what about what Trump did here? And what about, it's like, it's, oh, it's, it's awful. Nobody can have a discussion about the topic at hand. 
Anyway, um, should we move our on? new listener Larry brought up uh, Cambridge Analytica, and that's uh, that big data company that helped him. I think they they hired Cambridge Analytica like for their I think for their algorithms and stuff. I haven't I haven't heard the name in Jesus like four or five years, but I think it's the company that uh, they use that use data to target people to vote for Trump or whatever. And it's interesting he brings this up because if to be honest, if you think it's just Trump doing this, then it's no, it's it's virtually every company, every political campaign, everyone uses companies like that. Cambridge was just brought out by name just because it was Trump. But you know, like fuck. I mean even the suicide hotline collects data. Mm. you know it's everyone's collecting data um but yeah you want to shift gears you want to get on the next topic yeah i I wanted i wanted to talk about a little bit uh, this this is my wheelhouse right we're going to talk a little bit of sports but as it relates to culture so don't so everybody calm down uh i don't want to hear about sports ball um i love it when i watch them run down the field and get a Goal. Yeah. The, 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 uh, so the the headline here is that there's literally no humanity on Twitter anymore, and I'm not talking because of Elon. Calm your tits. <laughs> there, there is it, there's there's only clout chasing on Twitter, and that was not demonstrated anymore, at least that I've seen recently, than what happened uh, on Monday Night Football this week. Um, most people, even even if you're not a sports fan, should know this. Um, Bill Safety, Demar Hamlin went down apparently having a, a cardiac issue on the field in his game against the Bengals. And it was a fucking scary incident, something that you just do not see every goddamn day. Um, took 45 minutes to kind of decide whether or not this game was going to continue. Um, he finally, Damar, I believe, finally woke up last night, which would have been Wednesday. Um, and actually, his first question, one of his first questions to the doctors was, "Who won the game?" <laughs> which they did, yeah. which which rightfully they did not continue. They canceled the remainder of that football game because you know he did die, almost die on the field. Yeah, he's uh, he's not intubated anymore. He's conscious now. Yeah, he's uh, he seems to be doing he seems to be doing much better, and that's kind of our. Point. I think he'll make a full recovery. I agree, and I think I think that's 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 kind of our that's kind of our point about talking about this topic is like the fact that even me as a I shouldn't even say even me because I think most people felt this way. Football fans that were watching that game on Monday night and saw DeMar Hamlin go down the way that he did. I was just watching it on TV and I was like, at first I was like, okay, this seems kind of serious. Uh, what's going on? You know, I was texting my buddies. I'm like, what the hell's going on with DeMar Hamlin? Like I, he's been down on the field for a while and they're like, crowding around him, like trying to keep the cameras off him. I'm like, well, this must be really bad. So then they showed a couple replays. He makes, you know, he gets hit in the chest, gets up, and then immediately falls to the ground. And like, that's kind of the whole point of this is that football fans that love the game were worried about fucking DeMar Hamlin. That's what we were worried about. We were worried about the health of that player on that field. And the interesting thing about that is that most times for me as a fan of the game all of those guys running around on that field are just they're not even real people to me you know it's just to dance for me entertain me this is what this is what you're this is what you get paid millions of dollars to do 
But then when something real happens like this, it real quick, real quick, you shift gears. Yeah, that facade of the the separation. Like, holy shit! This changes is, real. Fast. Holy shit! This is a person with a mother in the stands, with a family. I don't know if he's got a wife and kids. He's he's pretty young. He's a twenty four year old kid. Uh, but I, I was I got so pissed because I was refreshing Twitter because Twitter is one of those. You things, wanted an update? Exactly. Twitter is one of those places where you go to get that like kind of instant news. And I just kept refreshing Twitter, kept refreshing Twitter. I'm like, I just want to know Demar Hamlin's okay. I just want to know he's okay. I just want to know Demar Hamlin's okay. Is he breathe? You know, is he breathing on his own? Is he conscious? I was like, I was genuinely worried about this guy that I don't know that just collapsed on my TV screen because of apparent an apparent cardiac issue. And you know what? I kept fucking getting all over Twitter. This is what I got. See, this is what the vaccine does to you. Or, or on the other end of that spectrum, if you're one of these people tweeting about uh, the vaccine over DeMar Hamlin's injury, you're just an unsufferable, horrible piece of shit. And both of those fucking versions of that same tweet, whether it's for or against, you're an asshole. If you're one of those people, you're an asshole. You don't give a shit about DeMar Hamlin. No, you, you're about, you're about. You're clout propagating chasing. some sort of opinion. Yeah, you're clout chasing. You're going for, uh, you know, it's it's why I've 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 lo- like lost touch with the term virtue signaling because both fucking sides do it at this point, regardless of what you're talking about, whether it's political or anything else. And I was just like, I was just, it, it was the I always knew Twitter was a cesspool. And this isn't new. This isn't like an Elon thing. If that's what you're, if that's going to be your response. You, you haven't been paying attention. It's always been a cesspool. But like this was the first time I was like genuinely pissed off and irritated about what I was seeing on Twitter. And not even because of what I was reading, but because of what, of what I was trying to find. Which was that this guy that just collapsed on my TV screen and almost died on the football field was okay. That's all I cared about. That's all I wanted to know. Right. And then these people try to use it as some sort of vindication for a seat. Myocarditis. And what pisses me off about it, like, I'm really glad to see he's doing better. When I heard that he was in critical condition, but at the hospital and like, but breathing and, you know, and he had a pulse and stuff like that. I I had a feeling that like he was going to be at the very least. Okay. Maybe not play ball again, but I knew at the very least he was going to survive. And I know that because like, like you see it, he gets hit in the chest. And it's a one in a million type shot, right? You know, like I remember my dad and yeah, my dad was a boxer and stuff. And I remember growing up and him telling me, he goes, yeah, like you can sometimes just get hit in the chest and it'll just stop your heart. He goes, it doesn't always happen. People get hit in the chest all the time in boxing is, but if it, the timing is just right, it can happen. And it, that's what popped in my head when I saw the hit and it hit him right in the heart or whatever. And, but you got all these people running out and going, oh, it's, oh see this is what the vaccine does and it pissed me off and not because not because they're they're not straight up lying right no Corey, it's 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 the mutual exclusivity of it right like right you you like there can be vaccine injuries right we we, we've acknowledged that like they're real like we don't fight against it um you know people get injured from this vaccine uh and it, it, it you know 
it, there can be the existence of vaccine injuries, and there can be a real risk to getting these vaccines. But Demar Hamlin's injury can also not be that. Right. Yeah. Why does it have to be that? Because at that point, what you're doing is you're not arguing your case or getting anyone to finally believe you. You're just making fucking noise. You know, anyone who believes that the vaccine is 100% safe isn't going to see a tweet about some jackass talking about this and go, oh, maybe you're right. And on the other side of that, Corey... You know that there were people that saw this and they were licking their chops on Twitter going, oh my God, somebody's going to blame this on the vaccine. I can't wait to comment on it. And that's yeah, just yeah, as exactly. gross. It's just, it's just, just as gross. Like a, a guy, and, and like, I mean, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just as irritated with, with people that, that are on both sides of that discussion. But the people that start the you know the vaccine conversation anytime somebody has a cardiac issue in a high profile way like this on national television it's happened now twice that i know of um it happened in the uh european uh the european championships uh in soccer in 2020 um a danish player really high profile player was just running on the sidelines and just went down um it started it started they, the same conversations happened then um then there was that comedian yeah yeah there was a comedian that was kind of making fun of it um but i i i look at this and i just i don't know <laughs> I just, yeah no that's that's what that's what i was kind of getting at it's 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 frustrating because you know these people that typically jump on Twitter and say this shit. They make it, they act like the vaccine is killing everyone that it gets, which we obviously know it's not true because at this point I know 70% of the country is vaccinated and then compound that, you know, on the rest of the country and it's probably the rest of the world. And it probably dips down to maybe like 30 or 40%, but we're talking about billions of people at this point being vaccinated. Right. If it was as prevalent as they're trying to suggest, we wouldn't just see three celebrities this happen to. Now, if what's frustrating about it is, is there is a legitimate good faith conversation to have about vaccine about injury, yeah. myocarditis, and, and vaccine affecting general, people, general, and general. to the point where the UK, you know, the, uh, Great Britain, they're. NIH or whatever made a statement saying if you're a young adult, don't get the vaccine without consulting your doctor because of like because of the the prevalence of myocarditis. But that's not good enough for these people. That's not a win for them. They gotta make some sort of story, make some sort of story out of a nothing burger regarding it, and then all they're doing is making noise. And hurting their own argument of them trying to bring to light something that is happening, probably on the equivalence of a lightning strike. Well, and it's it's like even even if even if we find out that Demar Hamlin's cardiac event on Monday Night Football this week was caused by the vaccine, I don't think we'll ever know that. But let's just say, I don't think it was. Let's just say that that turns out to be the case, right? It is one high-profile anecdotal case. Right. It does not prove 
anything about it being widespread. Now, I saw some nobody with like, you know, double digit followers, like of course we have, uh, <laughs> on Twitter, like tweeting out some graph about how you know the same amount of pe- the same amount of young athletes have gone down with heart issues uh, from the time the vaccine came out to today as occurred from 1938 all the way up until 2020. And it was just, is that a it, fact? I don't believe it is, but it was just thrown retweeted by all of these people that, you know, like, Hey, look, this fits my narrative. The vaccine's this yeah. dangerous. I have, I have to retweet this, but I look at that and I go, there's just no way that it can be as prevalent as is. Can you hear my kid losing his mind? That's right. I'm talking. So nobody, nobody cares. He's just really upset about the vaccine. Um, yeah, he is an anti-vaccine. No, but what, I, I was just, I was just going to bring up like the issue of young, healthy athletes or perceivably healthy athletes having cardiac problems is not a new phenomenon. I know just here locally in Detroit. When I was, I mean, I was, I started high school now almost twenty years ago, and when I played sports, they. We, you're always requ- you're required to get a physical to play sports, but it's just a basic physical. It's you know it's turn your head and cough, make sure you don't have a hernia type shit, right? There is no like in depth heart screening, but I remember there was a couple of high school kids that just they played. I think they were both basketball players, tall guys, just went down, had heart attacks, died on the floor during a high school basketball game. And there was a nonprofit that was started called the Student Heart Check Program. And it was designed to allow high school kids to get their an in-depth heart screening prior to starting athletics. So like, and we're talking, this is 2003, Corey, 2004, 2005, 2006. Like this is not a new phenomenon. And it's Are you still saying that vaccines rare. back then were giving people Ooh. heart attacks? It's the polio vax. It's that MMR <laughs> vaccine. Yeah, it's, <laughs> this isn't a new thing. It's just it's, it's a floor out of the water, damn it. That's the thing is like everybody want everybody who's like convinced that the vaccine is going to kill everybody on earth. It's like none of this stuff is new. Like now is there a possibility that the numbers have gone up a little bit because of it? Like could the vaccine be causing some of this? Yeah, like I, uh, yeah, but it's it is not this global ap- epidemic, or at least there isn't any evidence to this point to suggest that it's some sort of global ac- epidemic of young athletes collapsing because of cardiac issues. Right. Yeah. No. It's 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 that's exactly where I'm getting at. Stop they're adding chasing, noise, bitches. They're adding noise to an argument that no one wants to hear, and. Uh, I lost my train of thought a little bit. It's there. not. Well, I'll finish it for you. It's not just liberals that clout chase, right? Yeah, they're it's all not, clout chasers. Yeah, but yeah, I guess what I'm really getting at is, is it's uh, you're not adding any sort of substance to the conversation by disclaiming every single time someone has some sort of health issue that oh, it's the vaccine. When there's always been health issues, there's always been freak accidents, there's always anomalies happening. Well, speaking of and Twitter, that, like, Corey, if you really want to just talk about it, just share an article talking about the UK telling kids not to get it because of a fear of myocarditis. That should be enough. Yeah, I mean, I Some, someone will be more apt to believe you if you share that article 
versus you sharing Demar Hamlin collapsing on the field. Yeah, one one guy. And look, but a lot of these anti-vaxxers don't fucking read. And at the, at, the, at the end of the day, like Demar Hamlin's health was, was all I cared about. And I was just I wanted to talk about it tonight because I was just I was so just so frustrated with Twitter. Like I was like, it's just like. Is there news on here? Anymore? Yeah, so I didn't even dive into any of the threads or nothing. I did. I've been checking a lot on updates to make sure he's okay, but I didn't dive into the cesspool of Twitter to see any of the tweets about it. And we're all uh, we're all glad he's doing better, and we're pulling for him. Damar, if you listen, <laughs> get better, buddy. You got plenty of time. <laughs> listen to some podcasts. He now. doesn't listen. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, speaking of Twitter, Corey, I think the last thing we, I think we have to get to is probably this, uh, this Twitter files update. Yeah. We could share the propaganda stuff for next week. Hmm. Everybody loves propaganda. Wait, wait, that I thought that's what Twitter was. <laughs> so Matt Taibbi, Twitter files, number 30,000 or whatever number this <laughs> yeah. is. I don't know exactly. But uh, I'm going to uh, share this stream as we're going through it. You're going to go. You're going to go through the whole thing. Wow! Not necessarily the whole thing. I'm just showing it, I guess, just for the aesthetics. But uh, I like aesthetics. Uh, Matt Taibbi, <clears throat> his most recent drop on the uh, Twitter files is how Twitter let the intelligence community in. And so basically what we're looking at right here is August 2017, when Facebook decided to suspend 300 accounts with suspected Russian origin, Twitter wasn't worried. Its leaders were sure they didn't have a Russian problem. And it goes on to talk about the different emails and stuff that were spread around. And Twitter continually did not find any correlation with a bunch of accounts, and there was no large patterns. And they just didn't see it as a problem for them as facebook had even though there's like 2.4 billion people that use facebook and 300 accounts is such an insignificant number but uh twitter's original narrative was keep the focus on facebook so because twitter was so sure they had no russia problem the execs agreed the best pr strategy was to say nothing on record and quietly hurl reporters at facebook and they continue to do this to the point to where, uh, let me see if I can find it. Oh, so and then in September of 2017, after a cursory review, Twitter informed the Senate it suspended 22 possible Russian accounts and 179 others with possible links to those accounts amid a larger set of roughly 2,700 suspects manually examined. When uh, the uh, the Senate found that out, they lost their shit. And basically said that uh, that's frankly inadequate on every level. And they kept pushing and pushing and pushing on Twitter to find uh, for Twitter to find more Russian accounts. And like right here, it says, so number nine, keep producing material. After meeting with congressional leaders, Crowell wrote. So Crowell is. Who is Crowell? Um. Oh, I can't find who, who he is exactly. He uh, Taibi didn't say the, the name of Colin Crowell, whoever that is. 
Um, after a meeting with congressional leaders, Crowell wrote, Warner has political incentive to keep this issue at top of the news, maintain pressure on us and the rest of the industry to keep producing material. And so they just, and then uh, right here it says, taking cues from Hillary Clinton, Crowell added, Dems were taking cues from Hillary Clinton, who that week said, it's time for Twitter to stop dragging its heels and live up to the fact that its platform is being used as a tool for cyber warfare. Now, Twitter is, in their internal emails and stuff, they kept saying, there isn't any. But the Congress was so sure that there was to fit their narrative that they kept pushing on them and pushing on them. And with the and growing anxiety over its PR problems, Twitter formed a Russia task force to proactively self-investigate. Colin, Colin Kral is a uh, telecommunications expert. That Did he work for Twitter at the, the time? Worked for the FCC or under the FCC. Okay, so then, the, so then, Twitter to save face, like it wasn't about any sort of nefarious activity happening on their page. They were trying to make their stockholders happy, basically. So they created the Russian task force, and it started mainly with data shared from counterparts at Facebook, counted around accounts supposedly tied to Russian internet re- internets. Russia's internet research agency, but the search for Russian perfidy was a dud and they just, they didn't find anything. And so no evidence of a coordinated approach. All of the accounts found seem to be lone wolf type activity. And then in October, the first round of Russian investigations, 15 high risk accounts. I'm three sorry, of Corey, which let me, let me correct with- myself. Kral is a former vice president of global public policy and philanthropy at Twitter. Ah, okay. So he was just getting fucking hammered by them. And it just got to the... So basically, I'm an, I'll am I'll keep sounding like I'm fucking stuttering and chopping if I try to actually go through every single one. But basically what happened is Twitter kept trying to turn up rocks to find this fabricated shit that Congress was so sure that was there, even though they couldn't find any. And then when they were checking their pockets and going, yeah, I ain't got nothing... They just weren't happy with it because it didn't fit their narrative to the point that the media started the the 2500 or whatever that Twitter said that they manually went through to make sure where they only found like five or so out of it. The media started tweeting that number of the accounts they were looking at, and it got to the point where for the sake of shareholders and the fact that Jim Baker was the leading lawyer for Twitter who was a, a former FBI agent. So they would go to him for legal advice. And so basically he's like, yeah, you got to listen to them. You know, like they're, they're threatening you with section 230 and this and that to where they basically had to just kowtow to the government. Yeah. So what I took out of this, this last revelation, because like when we first started talking about the Twitter files and I think you and I both admitted, I know I did. Um, I might've had a little bit more uh, saucy opinion on this. Um, at the beginning was that, okay, the very first few was like, okay, we didn't really get anything that we kind of didn't already know. But as more and more of these things come out, we're getting more that we didn't know. But me personally, I'm still not surprised by, you know? Uh, yeah, so that's what's weird about the whole Twitter files. It's all stuff that we were kind of always like, yeah, this we know this is happening, but there was just no evidence. And that like your super liberal friends would be like, well, it's a private platform. Yeah, yeah. 
it was either it's a private platform or it's it needs you can't yell fire in a movie theater yeah yeah, yeah. but now that musk owns it it's like well it's uh the, the, like the whole it's a private platform thing is gone, gone away <laughs> it's like uh freedom of speech is not freedom of reach and like Musk has said that, and then like liberals used to say that before before Musk owned it. It's like that's that's right. why we, that's why we have to stop talking about hypocrisy because it's fucking everywhere. It is just rampant on like both sides of any argument. Um, but what I mostly got out of this latest revelation with the Twitter files is that we're really, really, really getting close to encroaching on actual First Amendment rights. Right. And so then there was just this concerted effort against Twitter to where like uh, Thomas Ridd from John Hopkins said, were were Twitter a contractor for the FSB, they could not have built a more effective disinformation platform. And he's a John Hopkins professor and Intel committee expert so, like, the government literally just pressured them into making this shit up. Congress threatened costly legislation, and Twitter began what and and Twitter began was subject to more bad press fueled by committees. The company changed its tune about the smallness of its Russia problem, to where like they basically got bullied to the point where they were like, "Yeah, it's fucking Russians everywhere." And I don't know, I don't know how you can possibly look at that and say that is not like either directly authoritarian or at a minimum authoritarian adjacent. This is the government going, we're going to make your lives miserable if you don't provide the information that we're looking for. And it right. to the point where Twitter had to essentially make shit up. I mean, or at least, right. and or it was at least like, completely fabricated And it was, it was an shit. echo chamber because they would go to their legal advisors who were former fucking FBI agents. It's just... it's You know what I mean? Like, like imagine that. Imagine, like... Uh, I can't even think of a good, like, comparison or, like, a parable or a metaphor or anything like that. Like, the, the fucking government is pressuring them, and then they go, well, we gotta have some sort of legal standing for this. And then they go to their lawyers, who's also FBI, and then they're like, yeah, well, you gotta fucking listen. it's just insane to me dude um it's definitely disconcerting (laughs) i mean i mean at 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 the very worst like i it's just so frustrating because like we're supposed to be this country with this bill of rights and it there's this this there's this you know uh freedom of speech is the the number one thing i mean i mean ask ask any you know historian or or political scholar anybody and they will always tell you that god damn it that first amendment is the f- most important it is it is the glue that holds the fabric of the entire constitution together Corey, would you agree with that the first yeah. amendment is the one that holds it together and the second amendment is the one that protects the first right that's what people exactly. say and so, and and they're and they're and they're absolutely right and and i I look at this and I go, God, for all of those people that you know wanted to call Trump a fascist, and look, like they're not entirely wrong. Like Trump, he's had, the one that kicked it all off. Yeah, he's tr- the one that Trump, wanted to repeal Section Two Thirty. Trump had authoritarian tropes, one hundred percent. Like I'm not trying to ig- ig- ignore that, but God damn it, 
when you when you're constantly pushing forward towards that bad guy over there and you're not looking at the bad guy that's right behind you if you would just look in the mirror yeah no it's frustrating those Problem. are two things that trump did that kind of really pissed me off he's the one that put it in everyone's head to kick off section 230 or the the repeal of section 230 and he also is the one that kicked off to put the idea in the head of a bunch of different states about uh red flag laws both very authoritarian yeah i mean it's 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 really it's I mean, it's going to be. It's at, we're at the point where, dude, like it's it's going to have to be just up to everybody else. Like your politicians aren't here to help you. Yeah, no, they the FBI literally bullied them, treated that they they brought them into the interrogation room, played good cop bad cop, and bullied a bunch of kids on the spectrum who know nothing more than code, and uh, thinking that they were in big trouble. And so that goes to what like and like and this is very so. There is all this contortion and all this shit going on there that when that they it sounds like all these people were like so tied up into a pretzel that they just wanted out from underneath it so bad that when Elon Musk just mentioned I'll buy Twitter, they're like, yes, please, please fucking buy it. We don't want this because before this one came out, we were talking about how on one of our previous episodes, we were talking about how we were like, I don't understand how Twitter just didn't get delete all this and get rid of this and delete their data is when they change the guard because it's making them look all bad. And it's like, Oh, maybe not. Maybe they wanted all of this brought to light because when, when Elon was actually like, yeah, never mind, I don't want it. <laughs> They're like, no, no, you have to take it. Please <laughs> just fucking take this thing. We don't want it anymore. We got FBI agents up our fucking ass. Yeah. It's uh it's 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 really really interesting because like when this when this whole thing first came out, it was like wow look at how obvious it is that there's all these left leaning liberals at Twitter and it's like it's, it was just a suspicion we always had right it was you know Silicon Valley it's full of these tech liberals right. And it's like, God, you know what? It might not be that simple. Like even these quote unquote tech liberals were bullied into these positions. Yeah, that's what by I the government. Like, I don't think it was as nefarious as the people on the right make it. I'm and that's a big problem with the right too. is they they get a a shred of truth. Well, and they make a mountain out of a not as nefarious as the right made it from what angle? Because it's. Mm, there was definitely easily, like a, a liberal bias, you know. It's it's San Francisco. Well, it's, easily, easily as nefarious as the right made it from like a actual democratic government power perspective, but maybe not as nefarious with regards to actual Twitter. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Dora, it sounds like as more of this stuff comes out, it seems like Twitter was the one. Like when you read like his thing, Facebook was like, "Yeah, sure, we'll help you." But Twitter like pushed back. Twitter had to get threatened. Yeah, they had to get bullied. Yeah, Twitter had to get bullied. I thought into, the into Democrats were the anti-bullying shit. party, Corey. There we go. <laughs> Let's start it. The anti-bullying party. The AB. Oh God, we could the like, ADP. You know, like, how about how about the anti-bull party, and we could make like a caricature of Teddy Roosevelt. 
our uh, <laughs> our our like poster. <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt, Dan. Anti-bull party. Oh man. And I, I I mean, look, I honestly thought the Twitter files would be over by now, and they're not. No, they keep dropping. I'm stuff. just expecting more at this point. Barry Weiss is done. And it, she screwed and it's painting a great picture. It's painting a really good picture of what exactly happened, and nobody's talking about it, and it's intentionally being shoved under the rug. We've got some big That changes. I will absolutely, when it comes to narratives, and I want to get into it more next week about immigration on the border and a Democratic governor from Colorado uh, now also deporting immigrants from his state to New York and stuff, and no one's talking about it. We could talk about that. And how narratives and stuff like that, there is a major influence from different parties on mainstream media. But when it comes to Twitter itself, it sounds like these guys are just backed into a corner. Sure seems like it. I mean, like when like when we talk about all these different stories on our show, like in as independent things, like when we talked about six hundred and fifty nine million dollars being used for informants. And then we talk about uh, the FBI also entrapping people like those fucking inbreds in Michigan who wanted to kidnap the governor. We're allowed to say that. We're Michiganders. We're allowed to say that. And you mix all this together, and then it creates this broad picture of how the FBI just has their fingers in everything. And it's gross. It's yeah, really and then, fucking gross. And, and, and it's, Another it's, alphabet agency that I think should be disappeared. It's really, it's really interesting because it's one of those things where it's like, are these actual like agents? Is everybody that works for the FBI a bad person? The answer is probably not. It's just like this. It's this. this it, we've we've gotten to this point where there's like this weird decentralization of corruption. If that makes it, does that make sense when I say that? To where like there's not really a single person that you can point to. There's not even like a group of people necessarily. There's not a Hoover. There's to. not a McCarthy. It's just this weird machine that just is a yeah. snowball, just kind it's, of just doing on this, doing all of this shit. When I think that's what's so frustrating on autopilot. People. That's what's so frustrating to people is like we all want somebody to point the finger at, and there like legitimately might just not be a single person to point the finger at. We've there just, isn't. we've just built this this corrupt machine, like as you put it. That just needs to be torn down, and 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 but that almost goes now. See, so that's interesting you say that because now this almost goes all the way back to our interview with Tristan when he talked to him. We said, "We'll reform." He goes, "No, fucking tear it down because it's built to be corrupted, and you can take all the different figureheads out. You can change all the faces you want, but what's ingrained in this little machine itself?" It's corruption. The system is, yeah. His point was that the system is still there, and 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 I agree with that. For the most, I agree with that more now than I did when we actually did the interview. I I I understand that, but there are still redeeming qualities, right? Like there are still they're they're buried way at the bottom, but there are still redeeming qualities of when it was originally created in good faith. And and I think I think removing those is not like because if you tear the whole thing down, you have to have anarchy. Right, so we can't do that. So it's, I don't know how you do it. It's it's gonna it's gonna take. Uh, everybody thinks they have a simple solution, but it's just not that simple. So you're right. Anyway, tell the people where they can find us, Corey. Libservative podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. 
Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. And you can find our monologues at LibservativePodcast.wordpress.com. And our TikTok videos can be found at LibservativePodcast. And you can reach out directly at LibservativePod at gmail.com. Subscribe today! Tell a friend and like subscribe, tell a friend, share the episode with a friend. Uh, reach out to us. We can give you a shout out on the show. You can be be guest and you know reach out if you want to be a guest on the show. We're always and down to have new if faces you listen, on. And if talk. you listen to our show, you probably only have one friend, so we appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> Corey and I only have each other. I don't know if anybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> or he's my only friend and I'm his only friend and he's, he's we got met a, on uh, Bumble he's got a wife <laughs> he, he's got a wife and, and I have a, I have a future wife and that's it we have no we have no other uh, we have no other significant, <laughs> significant relationships of course Corey has his uh, his beautiful baby boy so oh, we have Bright Eyes too boy. that's that's true thanks Bright Eyes we have you we have Bright Eyes Bright Eyes is our only other friend <laughs> dude he's, so late. he's like what about me guys like what the fuck <laughs> Bright Nights has been here since the beginning. He shows up every time. Anyway. God bless him. uh, We appreciate your patronage. Uh, This has been Libservative, a show of two intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy. And as always, he's been Corey Walsh. He has been Dan Griffin. And we are out of here. We the people cannot end that.